It is a land of tremendous beauty. High, soaring mountains and deep, rich valleys. And it's here, in this land, John prepares the way for light to heal darkness. A young virgin carries a promise toward Bethlehem, where shepherds, scholars, and angels wonder at the bright star born in a humble cave. Now, together, we welcome you into our hearts. Light our lives with the power of hope, peace, joy, and love undimmed by centuries and manifest in this one truth. Christ is coming. Well, I hope your Christmas season is beginning well. Uh, we have our tree up and have our angel in our yard, two of our major decorations for the season. We love that. Uh, I got my uh, radio in my car I set to the Christmas station hearing Christmas music. I like that when I get in, get out and enjoy that. You might do that as well. We're also sharing together a very special message series this, uh, this Advent Christmas season, Christmas in the Holy Land. Uh, we had about 65 of our folks made, the, made a trip to Israel, the Holy Land, February of this year. And while there, we went to many, many sites, certainly many that relate to Christmas, Bethlehem, Nazareth, other places as well. And we want to share some of those images, that story, what we experienced there during that season by taking you with us. And so we're showing you actually pictures and videos that we took while we were there. And so you're really, in a very real way, joining us in the journey of the Holy Land, looking at Christmas from the eyes and experiences of actually being at the place where all these amazing events that we celebrate at Christmas season actually happen. Today, uh, we are traveling and have traveled to Nazareth. I'll show you some pictures of Nazareth in a little bit, but I want you to, I want you to know that you, a few things first about that city, and some of that you've already heard in the reading of Scripture today. But Nazareth uh, is where Jesus grew up. It's also where his mother Mary was from uh, and his father Joseph, or his, the father who raised him, Joseph. Even though they were born in Bethlehem, they spent their life pretty much in the Nazareth area. And Nazareth is a small town. It's small now, but it was very small back then. They say maybe 150 people. They're not sure. A few miles west of the Sea of Galilee and 96 miles north of Jerusalem. We have to say it was the backwoods of Israel, uh, and that's where who, people who live, lived in those areas around Galilee, called Galileans or Nazarenes, uh, Jesus was called, Jesus of Nazarene, so that's where that comes from. So we have that image of him coming from that place. And I want to read uh, with you uh, just two, a part of one verse and one of the verse, Luke 1, 26 and 27, and we put that up on the screen for you to see, it says this. And now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. I want to show you some pictures of a church in Nazareth today called Church of the Annunciation. It's placed upon the spot, many think, that Gabriel spoke to Mary on that amazing day and where she dwelt in what's kind of a cave area. 
And there's a picture of that church, the largest Christian church in the Middle East, is right there, Church of the Annunciation, where Gabriel spoke to Mary. Continue to let those pictures go through for a while. Simply give you some shots, what it looked like inside, some of the images of Mary and special marks of the moment and what was said in Gabriel. All these stories are told in images in that church, very common there in that part of the world. Continue to roll through those pictures if you would. Inside of the sanctuary, enormously ornate, beautiful, amazing. It really is awe-inspiring, for lack of a better term. That's what it's like to be in that space. And there's another angle of the same space, either light, the, the massiveness of it, uh, pointing to the altar where the celebration happened. Keep going as well if you can on those pictures. Here's another one, some more images of Mary and Jesus and ongoing story of the uh, sold in different ways. Now stop right there in that picture and hold that one for a little bit. That picture is actually a cave that the church is built upon there in Nazareth. And some believe that's where Mary was, literally, 14-year-old young woman, uh, when the angel Gabriel spoke to her. She was engaged to Joseph, not yet married, when these words were given to her. And there that marks that huge church, enormously ornate. Millions have visited there to mark that spot, and we celebrate. And outside of the church, there's no picture of that here for us to see, is Mary standing, and she's welcoming everyone to the church to be a part of the story. That's really what she's doing. Join me in this story. It's yours, it's mine, it's ours. And that's the invitation in those pictures that shot her story and the verses today. Now we can take that picture off. So really the light of this is uh, that we have a question we have to answer. Now Christmas we love for all kinds of reasons. There are lots of things we connect with Christmas season. We talk about it often here. Advent candle lighting, we love that in, the, in our church and most Methodist churches. Uh, Christmas decorations, trees, the greenery, the songs, the warmth of the season, the family get-togethers, even the gift-giving. It's an important part of our season. But the real question of Christmas is, who is Jesus? The real question of Christmas is, who is Jesus? Because it's about Christ's mass. Christmas, which means the place we meet God, the place we connect with God in a very personal, real way, and where God has come in a very unique way to connect with us in Christ and also Mary and her story. It begins with the text that was read a little minute, uh, just read a moment ago, says this, Mary is selected by God. He chooses her to be the mother of of Jesus. In fact, we're told she found favor with God. Now, please understand this. I do not believe she was selected because she was any different than anybody else, better or worse. She was a young, teenage, Jewish, Nazarene woman living in the city of Nazareth, a poor part of that world, the backwoods of that world, looked down upon by many others for many reasons. Uh, her life was already decided for her pretty much. She'd get married, live in that small town. Husband be a carpenter. She'd survive till she died. But something changed that because God gave her his favor. She didn't deserve it. God gave it to her. She found favor and God offered it to her. And that begins the story. It's important to get this, really. We sometimes think Mary selected because she's very special or unique. No, she's not. She's like the rest of us. Just a human being on this earth, God said, you're the one. And she said, so be it, as the Lord says. Not in this passage, but later in Luke, she says that. So be it, as the Lord says to me. I will, I will take that. I will accept that. I will embrace that. And I will receive that. And then I will do that. 
as God had given her favor. That's the first thought. Second thought is this. The name Jesus comes from God. God gives the name Jesus to this child. So we have favor given to Mary by God through Gabriel's words. Now we have this, uh, the next part of the story, and the name is given from heaven as well, from God to Gabriel to Mary. Name him Jesus. Thirdly, we're told that he's going to really initiate the kingdom of God. You might think the kingdom of God was already there, but it wasn't. God was bringing the kingdom in his son, Jesus Christ. All, the, all history of the church and, and faith in the Bible points toward this time when God would bring his kingdom literally upon the earth. And the king of that kingdom is Jesus. And so he is the king of it, the Lord of it, uh, the conveyor of it. The one that we submit to, to be a part of God's kingdom is Jesus, the one God sent to our world. Well, fourthly, Jesus is going to be born as the Son of God. And there's no mincing of words here. It's pretty clear. He will be the Son of Almighty God. He'll be Son of the Most High. That's who he will be, Mary, as Gabriel tells her. And that is his designation, the Son of God on this earth. And finally, in the initial part of the message, and Matthew 1.21 says this, that Jesus will save his people from their sins. That's what he will do on this earth. That's what his task is, what he'll be about, why God sent him, why he is born, what God is doing then, and what God is doing now. He's saving people from their sins. So connect that with a favor that Mary receives from God that the child born to her, born to her named Jesus. Now, there's an end, there's some words that are at part of the church that we don't have a picture of, but there are words that are on the door into the church of the Annunciation, where Gabriel announced to Mary Jesus would be born. And, and those words proclaim the incarnation, a word you may or may not have heard, but it means this, and the, and the words in the church say it like this, that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Those are in the Gospel of John, the first chapter. So God becomes human and lives on this earth with us. So in God's kingdom coming, we are told we can see God, embrace God, know God, experience God, touch God. As God gives us favor and touches us and blesses us and forgives us and reveals himself to us and shows who he is to you and me, the God we pray to, the God we worship, the God we hope in, the God we pray will give peace one day. God, the center of Christmas, the term being the incarnation, God born to a poor, backwoods uh, young mother who found favor with God, raised by a, a poor, backwoods carpenter named Joseph who found favor with God, of the lineage of David, David a shepherd boy who was selected by God to be king, Joseph a carpenter. What would he do? What would he look like? What would he be? How would God reveal himself to the world in his kingdom in Jesus? It's amazing. And we see it in what Jesus did later on in his life when he became a grown man and began his more public ministry 30 years later after his birth. He would target beggars who needed grace and he would give it. Sometime, rise and be healed. Other times, you are forgiven of your sins. That's what he would do. He would feed 5,000 people indiscriminately. It didn't matter who they were. The ones that deserved to be fed, the ones who did not. 
The ones that came there because they wanted uh, uh, to hear what Jesus had to say, his teaching, and those who just wanted a meal. He fed them all the same piece of bread and the, and the same fish, the same meal, the same miracle they all received equally so. He gave to everyone in unique ways. He did so in a world that was driven by a different set of kingdom rules, not the kingdom rules God brought in Jesus Christ. A world that was driven by status, very much so, uh, by law or judgment, by paganism and immorality, by idolatry, depending on what direction they came from. The religious world was all about law and judgment and religion, and they were divided by how well they were in that religion. Others were driven by, again, again the, the Romans, by immorality and, and violence uh, and just unbelievable atrocities in how they lived their life in those days. Everyone jockeying for position to get the best place they could to find significance in, I'll be the most religious, law-keeping person in all of Israel, or I'll be the richest, wealthiest, most powerful Roman, or sometimes they try to do both. That's how they lived. But Jesus was not that. He was so far from those sayings, we can't even have them in the same conversation. God is not so. He came merciful, giving, helpful, loving, healing, teaching, being an example, and saving. He did not come to judge a world that deserved it. He came to save a world that didn't deserve to be saved. He came to Mary and saying, Mary, you found favor with God. I give you my favor. And in this favor, you will have a child. His name will be Jesus uh, and he will be the Son of God, the Son of the Most High. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And so the story begins. Our story right now, the story we tell in so many ways. The story lived out in Christ who healed blind Bartimaeus, who, who needed that miracle. The story that he went to a woman at the well and gave her water. She'd never thirst again, even though she was a sinner. Had five husbands, we are told, and no one would look, accept her or even be near her, but Jesus would. And when the birth would happen, it would be a young Nazarene mother who delivered him, held him, and loved him. And that we begin to get a picture. So that is God. That's the nature and heart of God in this event and work of God. It would be a young Nazarene carpenter who would provide care for his mother and the baby Jesus and the growing young Jesus as time went on. It would be wise men and kings, not from Israel, not from the Holy Land, but from another place long, far away, uh, wealthy and rich who would come to see him at his birth. It would be unknown, unnamed, uneducated shepherds who would come, and they'd be the first to hear, maybe by Gabriel as well, that go see where he is lying. Uh, this child that would be fine, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger there, but go, go, and they left their sheep to go see him. See the love and compassionate nature of God. And it'd be Galilean fishermen and publican sinners that'd be called to be followers of Jesus. They would all find God's, God would give all of them his favor. Publicans, the sinners, woman at the well, blind Bartimaeus, Mary, uh, Joseph, uh, Galilean fishermen, publicans, they would all be, be given favor of God. And her words were, so be it as you say, as she received and accepted that favor thank you for giving this to me. I honor you by receiving it, by accepting it, by celebrating it, by thanking you, God, for it, and by being obedient to that favor and how I choose to live. Here we have the words, the kingdom of God 
revealed to us and how we should live our lives, serve, love, and live for God. The same words spoken to Mary are the words that every one of us hears all the time. You have found favor. I give you my favor. The same favor she received, the same words she got, I give you in the same event of Christ's birth, which we all look to today on this Christmas weekend and connect with. I want to show you a picture of a, of a man, his name is Smiley. Uh, and Smiley, uh, many in our church knew him. I'd met him once or twice, didn't know him very well at all. But uh, yesterday I did his funeral services. I was invited to do that for him at Unity Park uh, at 9.30 uh, out there in, in Lancaster and Fort Worth. Uh, celebrate his life with those standing around, uh, some homeless. And for those that have been to Unity Park, there's maybe 100, 200 people there most mornings coming for a meal, and it is chaos out there, coming and going, all kinds of things happening. And there were a small gathering around there with us as we, as we celebrated uh, Somali's life. And I asked when I was asked to do the services or do the message, I said, why, why am I asked? There's lots of pastors who take their churches out there. I'm not the only one. I've only been out there a few times, really. They said, well, a few years ago, you were part of our churches, First Methodist Churches, uh, doing a Christmas service out there, saying carols, uh, and we also, at the end of singing carols, and the message that I shared about shepherds being invited to the Bethlehem, remember, still remember the message, uh, we served communion to everyone out there who would receive. We went around, and I went around with others, and we gave God's favor to those who would receive it. Some did, some did not. Some said thank you, some said no thank you. Uh, but Smiley, who no one knew his real name because he didn't speak hardly. No one knew his name. They called him Smiley because he smiled all the time, as you see in that picture. So he was Smiley. Uh, no one really knew his name. Uh, and they said when he received the sacrament that day, he seemed to change. Something seemed to light up in him that was not there. He didn't trust people. He'd been abused for 20 years on the street. His life had been very, very difficult, as you might imagine. But somewhere in that moment, they're sitting on a wall, sitting, at, sitting next to a wall uh, in a small building at Unity Park, sitting on a bucket where he sat most days when it came time to eat, sitting on a small bucket like a paint bucket. Uh, somewhere in that moment, God gave him his favor, and he received that favor. So we want you to get up there and share that story when you do the message. And so I did. That's not all uh, Smiley found there. A member of our church, Linda, became his friend and helped serve him in various ways. And she actually tracked down his name. No one knew his name. We're not sure he knew his name. We think he probably didn't. His name, I believe, was James Jefferson Cox. You know, some, some mama, you know, 70-something years ago named her son James Jefferson. And she loved him. You know, like, like, like God loved Mary and said, name him Jesus. Like God loved his son, name him Jesus. I'm invested in this son, my son. And I give him to the world, you know. And, and God, this mama, you know, I know what kind of mother she was, but she gave this son to this world and the world didn't treat him very well. Ended up on that bucket, but God gave him his favor. And when he, when he passed away in a nursing home not far from there, after being through 30 years, Linda was part of that journey with him. She was part of spending a season with him. Uh, loving him and blessing him and praying for him and being there with him. And he wasn't alone, had someone with him. Uh, and he received that. And now he's received into the hands of God. When I'm telling you the story about this is finding favor, please, there's no difference between Mary, Smiley, and you and me. We're all the same. God 
chooses to give us his favor. And we respond to that today and our life in the past, hopefully ongoing throughout the rest of your life. Accept God's grace and Christ's gift to you and me as he seeks us out wherever we are, sitting on a bucket in the cave in Nazareth uh, or sitting in church on Sunday morning with the, all the paraphernalia of Christmas all around us and a beautiful day and planning to come and celebrate Christmas here in our service today. Found my dad at a lay witness mission in Brownwood, Texas when he was working at a convenience store because he couldn't find a job after he got out of the Air Force. And that's what he did with his life thereafter that career uh, as an officer in the military. He worked at a convenience store. And he found my dad at lay witness mission and my dad came to Christ in his 40s. His life was changed. Uh, he found me you know, in a barracks in Albany, Georgia, as many of you know. He came looking for me. I wasn't looking for him. And he found me like he found Mary, like he found Smiley, like he found my dad, like he found you somewhere in your life. Or if he hasn't found you, looking for you right now. He wants to give you his favor in that salvation, grace, eternal life, blessing, soul saved, life change, love given, and knowing whose you are, as Mary discovered in a very real, very beautiful way. Promise made. It was made to pour nameless shepherds out in a shepherd's field outside of Bethlehem who least expected to hear, be the first to hear Christ was born, found by rich, powerful, wise men and kings off in the land of Babylon somewhere we think who look forward to this Messiah coming in Israel sometime and maybe now's the time. Let's go and see. There's a star we've never seen before. They make their way following the star made to a boy named Ernest in Rwanda as we adopted him through Zoe Ministry, stood by his little hut in a little grass hut he lived in, a little small outhouse out here and a banana tree by his side, a young boy for the first time in his life with a community and family and friends and Americans from the church that came to say, we care about you, Ernest, you know. And why? Because we found favor, because Mary found favor, and it goes back to the very words Gabriel said. It's all connected all the way from the day she heard the words. We hear them again and again and again and again and share them again and again and again and again. We call that the kingdom of God. As we receive favor and give favor, the kingdom is born through Christ in our heart and our lives. And we share that with others as we receive it. How special it is. And rejoice in celebrating Christmas because this is true. You have found favor with God. Now, I don't know where you are in your life. I mean, you know that better than anyone does. God certainly knows that. But you're here in church this morning. I don't know what got you here. Maybe it was Christmas time. I needed to be in church. They're going to sing carols. I like Christmas carols. Maybe someone in your family said, please come, and you're, and you're here. Maybe you come all the time. Maybe you hardly ever come. I don't know. Maybe your life is just perfect today. Chances are that's not true, but maybe it is. Uh, maybe it's very messed up. Maybe you're dealing with grief. Uh, maybe you're worried about financial stuff. Maybe you're just dealing with sin and addiction. I don't know what it is. We're all in different stories in our life. But, but hear me in the story of Christmas, God's saying, I want to give you my favor. I want to give you my favor. It's my gift to you. Just accept it and respond by what comes next. The story continues to be told. And we're smiling with my dad, with me, with you, with so many of us. So please hear that as God's invitation this Christmas season. It says here so clearly and so beautifully, you found favor with God. You are highly favored, Mary, and so are you. So am I. Uh, so is Smiley. So are we all. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, thank you for the words you give us today, the words you gave Mary long ago, there in that cave in Nazareth. 
the words are renewed with shepherds and wise men, the words are continued with uh, disciples and followers of Christ, the words that through the centuries that people have heard again and again and again that many of us have heard. That you've given us your favor in Christ. And so we accept for the first time or we renew our own acceptance of that favor and respond, God, by embracing your kingdom as your son Jesus Christ embraces us. We pray in his name. Amen.